2: This is the John Fuglesang podcast.
3: This is SiriusXM XM Progress. I'm John Fuglesang. This is the Progress Channel channel 127. We're so glad you're with us. We're so proud to be the only 24/7 progressive radio talk channel in all of American radio. I know it's kind of hard to believe. And yet here we are. I'm John Fuglesang. It's so great to be with you guys. I'm a comedian. I'm an actor, I've been picketed by Westboro Baptist Church, and I've been murdered on CSI. So, yeah, tonight, what a show. My God, Chris Houseelt, our executive producer, classing the joint up from all the way in South Carolina. Happy uh, Confederate Memorial Day, by the way, Chris. I, I know that's a big thing in the state you've adopted. It's lovely. Thank um, you! That's yes, indeed. Confederate Memorial Day, both North Carolina and South Carolina. And by sheer coincidence, today's the day that the coward John Wilkes Booth was born. Who knew? I'm sure those two events have nothing to do with each other. Thea Harper is producing the show from Brooklyn. I come to you from Manhattan tonight. We've got a lot of great guests. Uh, Brad Meltzer is a terrific author. He writes great thrillers and history books for adults and fantastic books about historical figures for kids. Maybe you've experienced his series, the I Am books. Uh, I Am Gandhi. I Am Jackie Robinson. Those are both very big in this house. I Am uh, uh, Amelia Earhart. Well, in the great state of Florida, thanks to new policies by Governor Ron, you know who, uh brad's children's book i am billy jean king was just pulled from the bookshelves in florida's capital city school district for review because the book talks about how Billie jean king after her marriage ended fell in love with a woman because you love who you love well you got to remember this kids it's not school children are old enough to experience homophobia they're not old enough To be taught about compassion. So uh, Brad's going to be with us tonight. I'm very excited to talk about that. Also, the great Bob Seska will weigh in on the day's events, including Tucker's Twitter tragic comedy, uh, Comedy Daddy. Keith Price is here in hour number three to talk about George Santos and the Tony Awards. Today is also the 124th birthday of the great Fred Astaire. And we are celebrating him. The late Wayne Dyer was born this date in 1840. Donovan was born this date in 1946. Happy 71st birthday to Sly Dunbar of Sly and Robbie. The greatest rhythm section in the history of reggae and the late Sid Vicious of the Sex Pistols was born in this state in 1957. Uh, in honor of Bono's birthday, we're not just going to be playing YouTube music all night. We're going to be putting it on your phone without your consent. That's how committed we are. Let's get to it. You know, normally Wednesdays are woman-hating Wednesdays. That's when we celebrate the misogynists in our midst. I, I know. what you, You're thinking, hey, dude, you can do that any day. It's America. I know. In fact, there's a show on CNN right now where you can see all kinds of misogyny. Broadcast live without interruption Without a journalist asking questions either But let's not talk about that Today, for Women Hating Wednesday Let's talk about the great state of Louisiana Because we've also, I- I'm afraid we've, we've got to do Women Hating Wednesday We've also got to do Grift Weasel Wednesday And White Supremacist Wednesday Because there's a whole lot of fuckery going on out there And my unpopular opinion on Diane Feinstein uh, Which, I Diane Feinstein, which I guess I should start off with I want to know your thoughts on this Because I'm not making people happy with my take so far. So I'm willing to accept that maybe I'm profoundly wrong about this. But Dianne Feinstein, as you know, has recovered from shingles uh, and is back in Washington. She has now restored the Democrats 51 to 49 majority to full strength in the Senate. So this means a lot of good stuff. It means they can subpoena Justice Clarence Thomas. They can subpoena Harlan Crow if they want, if they care, they could do it. She's 89 years old. And she voted for the first time today after months of inactivity that came from a shingles diagnosis that left her at home in San Francisco for three months. She finally made it last night. She missed one more vote this morning before finally casting her ballot once again. She has said she's working part time now trying to return. Chuck Schumer said she's back here in Washington and she's raring to go to help the people of California. I'm sorry if I said that too fast for an accurate Schumer impression. But during her time away, you know, Senator Feinstein missed a total of 92 votes, including the one this morning after she'd already come back to Washington. So there's a tremendous debate going on amongst our friends on the left and in the center. And the right wing is enjoying watching the fights. Feinstein is the oldest sitting member of the Senate. And her absence made a lot of Democrats very angry for a very long time. and it's no big secret a lot of people are calling for her resignation a lot of y'all have called into the show demanding she resign i've done panels on this on msnbc and news nation a lot of democrats saying she's selfish this is ruth bader ginsburg all over again she has to resign and look i I respect those takes even though i've had a hard time fully agreeing with them i i i've been saying for a while the only way forward is diane feinstein returning to the senate and getting back on the Senate Judiciary Committee. And people think, I'm crazy for this. I mean, the takes we saw all day, when you saw Senator Feinstein in a wheelchair, people have said things like elder abuse. I saw those words all day. Feinstein looks terrible. She looks unwell. She looks gaunt and disoriented. It's really sad. She's clearly visibly ill. There's more than shingles going on there, possibly a stroke or Bell's palsy, which often happens with shingles in the elderly. Time for her to go home and rest. Whoever's forcing her to do this should be given a talking to. To keep someone this sick on a demanding Senate schedule is cruelty. You get the idea. A lot of Democrats, liberals and conservatives all thought, okay, at this point, we already know she's slipping mentally. That's been well documented. She has a right to stay. We don't want to be ableist. Could have memory lapses and still vote your conscience. Here's my unpopular opinion. I've criticized Dianne Feinstein many times. I am not what you would call a fan of Dianne Feinstein. I appreciate her role in history. I appreciate her role in LGBT equality. I appreciate so much of what she's done. And I voted for her as a California state voter. I have voted for Dianne Feinstein, full disclosure. I voted for her more than once. Here's the deal. Joe Biden has got all these judges that he needs to get approved. And they're sitting there languishing in the Judiciary Committee. Now Biden has already gotten more judges approved by this point in his first term than either of the two presidents who came before him. So keep that in mind amidst all the panic. But the judges have got—we got to get the judge. She's sold, and she's made shingles, and we're never going to get the judge. Calm down. Have some dip. Biden's approved more justices than Obama did at this point. He's approved more justices than Trump at this point. Joe Biden has appointed more Black women to the circuit court as judges than every other president in American history combined. Yes, we've got to get to votes on these candidates, but don't make it seem like Joe Biden is somehow limping along here. But here's the deal. And this is the point I've been making on TV and on this show. And and, and here's my unpopular opinion. If she resigns, like everyone's demanding she do, you think the Republicans on the Judiciary Committee would ever seat a replacement? She, She resigns? And Gavin Newsom appoints a replacement and Schumer says, put this person on the committee. You think the Republicans won't filibuster that you think the Republicans will allow someone new on the committee halfway through? No, the Republicans will say we have to wait until after the next election. They're going to do exactly what they did to block Merrick Garland. They're going to say, let the people decide first, and then you can seat someone on this committee and they're going to block all of Joe Biden's judge nominees for the next two years. It's exactly what's going to happen. And it sucks. But this 89 year old woman who is recovering from shingles and maybe recovering from more, I will not deny that she does not look her best. And it's a shame that we have to talk about this and judge her on this way. But I am telling you, her return is the only way your liberal judges or your Democratic judges are likely to be confirmed. With her back, Democrats now have an 11 to 10 edge on the Judiciary Committee. This means Biden's nominations can move forward to the full Senate without needing a GOP vote. And we know the Senate judiciary, Republicans, do not want this to happen. They're due to meet tomorrow to consider nominations to the federal bench. Now, last month, Schumer said Republicans should let another Democratic senator temporarily fill Feinstein's seat. And here's why I'm saying all this. John Cornyn put it down right away and said, We're not going to help Democrats confirm the controversial nominees that are being held up. He said he didn't think there'd be 10 Republican votes to invoke cloture on replacing Feinstein on the Judiciary Committee. This is like three weeks ago. And Marsha Blackburn, she said in a tweet last month that agreeing to replace Feinstein meant going along with a plan to pack the court with activist judges. Yes, I know she's a liar and an idiot, but this is their strategy. If Feinstein leaves, it shuts down any chance of moving Biden's nominees forward. They know what they're doing. This has only happened a few times in in the Senate w- when, when requests to leave were denied. In March of 1891, Senator John Tyler Morgan, right wing Alabama Democrat, been a Confederate general. He tried to resign from the Foreign Relations Committee, and they voted and wouldn't let him do it. They said it would be a public loss if you left, and so they wouldn't let him resign. I'm just saying they have their ways. So my take on Feinstein is maybe it's not elder abuse. Maybe it's not this poor woman who doesn't know where she is and heartless aides are pushing her. Maybe, just maybe, an 89-year-old woman with a lifetime of public service, even one whose opinions I don't agree with. Maybe this 89-year-old woman who does have disabilities and is struggling with them. Maybe she still has agency. Maybe she's still what we call a goddamn grown-up. Maybe Diane Feinstein is there because she wants to be there because she knows what the stakes are or she'd rather be there than sitting around the house. But let me be clear, okay? We Diane this is not me coming out and saying Diane Feinstein's a liberal hero. She has used her Senate seat, my friends, to get very, very rich over her 30-year career. In the time she's been in the Senate, her net worth has skyrocketed over 200 million dollars. And you can look up all the conflicts of interest they're all over the place she went to COVID hearings by the cdc in early january of 2020 and right after her husband stole up to six million dollars in stock from allergen therapeutics and then the stock market collapsed right afterwards she got cleared by the doj i mean one time in in 2009 she and her husband bought a million dollars in amiris biotechnologies that was their only transaction the entire year a couple weeks later that company got awarded a $24 million governmental grant. Really paid off. Later, Feinstein introduced her own bill that benefited Amiris Biotech. And the Senate cleared her. So, uh, you know, again, <laughs> Feinstein supported the Iraq War. She supported the Patriot Act. She supported the, the, the war on drugs. Feinstein was for a constitutional amendment to allow criminalizing flag burning. Feinstein is against marijuana legalization, even medicinally. Guys, let's not be sexist or ageist here, okay? Diane Feinstein has a long record of making bad decisions. Let's afford her the respect of assuming she's in full control of this one, too. <sighs> we want to know what you guys think. We we're at 866-997-4748, 866-997. Grit, uh, really quick, can we do it really quick? Uh, Woman Hating Wednesday. Committee in the Louisiana House of Representatives just killed a bill that would have uh, exempted some women from the state's total abortion ban. You know what kind of women? Women who are pregnant because they were raped or because they were victims of incest. But no, now Louisiana is on the record forcing victims to give birth to their rapist Child, it happened today. The House Administration of Criminal Justice Committee voted 10 to 5 against the bill. The Democratic governor, John Bel Edwards, supported this. Louisiana's ban is one of the trigger law bans. As soon as Roe was overturned, it went into effect. It's one of the toughest in the country. And because Louisiana is surrounded on all sides by other states that have now criminalized abortion, women seeking abortion treatment have to travel farther than people in any other state to seek care. But it's a great day for Republicans who want the power of the state to be big enough to force women to carry and bear their rapist child. Also, it's white supremacist Wednesday. I know it's America. That's every day. But happy Confederate Memorial Day to North Carolina and South Carolina and everyone who doesn't celebrate quitting America and slaughtering U.S. troops for your state's glorious right to keep human beings as livestock, you godless unholy motherfuckers and then of course as soon as you're done celebrating the proud history of the confederacy please run to your local library and ban books that talk about our country's history of racism can you do that all right and now finally rant almost done we got to talk about this my friends uh it is george santos's day it is grift weasel wednesday Here is Congressman George Santos addressing reporters after turning himself in on federal charges of corruption.
4: I know you all have questions. I know that everybody's been waiting for the moment for me to come out and talk to you guys. Look, this is the beginning of the ability for me to address and defend myself. We have an indictment. We have all we have the information that the government wants to come after me on and i'm going to comply i've been complying throughout this entire process i have no desire not to comply at this point they've been gracious in there now i'm gonna have to go and fight to defend myself the reality is is sorry it's a witch hunt because it, it, it makes no sense that in four months four months five months i'm indicted you have Joe Biden's entire family receiving deposits from oh, there you nine, go. nine family members receiving money from foreign, from foreign destinations into their bank accounts. It's been years of exposing, a lot of you here have reported on them, and yet no investigation is launched into them. I'm going to fight, and I'm just going, I'm getting back to that. I'm going to fight my battle, I'm going to deliver, I'm going to fight the witch and I'm going to take care of clearing my name, and I look forward
3: to doing that. By the way, uh, that's also going to be the exact audio quality of Tucker Carlson's new show on Twitter. Uh, So, yeah, uh, the Trail of Lies has finally caught up with him in Central Islip, New York. Not, not, Not West Islip, where the guy who strangled the fellow on the subway lives. That's a whole different town. This is where I grew up, folks. I grew up around guys like these, indicted for enriching himself by defrauding his donors, cheating the federal government to get COVID relief funds, faking House disclosure forms. Homeboy fucked up. He's indicted on 13 counts, seven counts of wire fraud, three counts of money laundering, one count of theft of public records, two counts of making materially false statements to the House of Representatives. Uh, Kevin McCarthy standing by. Standing by him, supporting George. And you know why? Not just because he's got a soft spot for really bad liars. Because Kevin McCarthy's majority is so tiny. They're not willing to raise the debt limit, but they're willing to raise the number of criminal indictments their party has to defend. So uh, Santos pled not guilty to all 13 counts. The DOJ revealed this, and it just shows so many ways he used his very fast rise to rip people off. And again, there's a part of me that thinks, hey, this is this is a gay immigrant for Trump. Maybe people who donate to him, you know, maybe it's not that bad. Maybe he should be set free and allowed to continue his fine work. But they're going after him. Beginning in September 22, he opened an LLC. He used to transfer campaign contributions into his personal bank accounts. I wish Gilbert was alive to just say, you fool. And then he used the funds to make personal Purchases like designer clothing Uh, from June 2020 to April 21, he applied for and received more than 24 grand in unemployment insurance benefits that went up during the pandemic, even though he was employed at the time by an investment firm that gave him a salary of one hundred twenty thousand dollars. You fool in both 2020 and 2022 campaigns for Congress. Oh, little George filed disclosures to the House. That lied about his finances. So more and more Republicans are calling for this guy to resign. Santos is not going to do it. He should not do it. He should stay there and force Kevin McCarthy to defend him. He deserves to be the poster boy for this party. He was released on $500,000 bond. His defense counsel uh, is the one-time Queens DA candidate Joe Murray. And he told the judge that Santos has to travel because he's running for re-election. But the judge said no. You're restricted to only being in New York, Long Island and Washington, D.C., unless you get permission. He was ordered to surrender his passport and he's back in court on June 30th. You heard the clip. He called it a witch hunt and he's got to fight my battle. They've been they've got the goods on this guy. And it's a beautiful thing. They are going to let him twist in the wind. And we have to hope he stays in Congress for as long as possible. His seat is going to a Democrat in 2024. Biden won that district by 10 points. That's that's just the way it is but this guy deserves to keep the job as long as he possibly can this guy and donald trump are going to both do a great job of getting democrats elected and just so you know santos is literally the co-sponsor of republican bill that the house began voting on today that cracks down on fraudulent covid 19 unemployment benefits literally the vote begins today it is the age of micro-accountability, my friends, because any society where Henry Kissinger gets to turn 100 years old and not be in jail means true accountability never exists. When we finally get accountability for Kissinger, when we finally get accountability for Iran-Contra, when we finally get accountability for the Iraq War, I'll believe in it. In the meantime, I'll take the little tiny micro-victories anywhere I can. Let's go to the phones. I want to know what you guys are thinking and how you're feeling. We- What's that, Chris? That was Gilbert saying, "You fool, you got it, you fool." Oh, he's great. Let's go to uh, Sal in New Mexico. Hello, Sal. Welcome,
5: John. How are you, sir? Thank oh, you for great. taking my call. Thank you, sir. John, uh, thank you. I'm I'm doing well. I'm trying to wind up the school year this year. But, Me too. Um, I, I um, yeah. but I, I wanted to ask you, John, if you're familiar with the writer Chris Hedges. Of course. OK, um, Chris Hedges put out a story on his Substack, And I'm going to preface by saying that I am I am a true blue liberal, um, consistently vote liberal a- every election, uh, vote blue every election. But he put out an article called Lynching the Deplorables. I'm not sure if you've had a chance to read
3: it. Uh, I'm, I know about it. I've read about it. Uh, made a lot of people. Okay. Uh, he, this was like two months ago, right?
5: Um, roughly, give or take, I I don't have the exact date on it. But just to to, to your listeners may know, in in the article, Hedges basically makes the contention that, um, in a nutshell, we may be treating many of the January 6th uh, insurrectionists a bit too harshly. And that it could potentially set up a sort of tit for tat scenario uh, with Republicans who, you know, are, are trying to stack yeah. the, the, the courts with their conservative judges. Yeah,
3: I was very surprised. You know, I Hedges- was very surprised by Hedges making this particular argument.
5: Yeah, and and I was just I'm wondering what you think of because he he specifically brings up. The, uh, the on shaman, he brings up, uh, I believe it's Richard Barrett, the man who put his, uh, his feet on Nancy Pelosi's desk. But the one question that Hedges never answers in that article and never even addresses in that article is what do you do with these insurrectionists then? If you basically, according to what I'm reading treat it, either forgive them for what they did or at best give them a slap on the wrist and say don't do it again which but, we know won't happen i mean right but that's uh, but I, I think
3: that's what hedges was trying to do and, and it, it surprises me very much because you know I, I was reading a piece that hedges did just a couple of months in september of 2020 uh, and he was warning about, you know, the right wing movement. And he said Donald Trump and the Republican Party, along with media outlets like Fox News in a bid to retain power are fanning the flames of violence, seeing in the incitement of far right mobs a route to a ruthless police state. He wrote that four months before January 6th, and now he's saying don't prosecute the guys. I'm not afraid of a tit-for-tat. I welcome it. If if liberals or Democrats try to overthrow the government of the United States, the democratically elected government, if we try to just do it lawlessly, by all means, throw us in jail for it if there's violence. By all means. Yeah,
5: I completely agree. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm, it just concerns me that Republicans can be so vindictive that if, if even the slightest, for example, I mean, if you have, for example, an, an Occupy-type protest going on in Manhattan or, you know, in some conservative red state, you know, Republicans will probably throw the book at these people as, as a way of getting back yeah. January sixth. And those look.
6: If these if
3: these people if these people had been black that were attacking the Capitol, we wouldn't be having this debate. And and I, I read about about how Chris, who I love, and I've I've interviewed him before, how he defended uh, Jacob Chansley, the QAnon shaman. I mean, the QAnon shaman himself testified, and and you know he pled guilty. Uh, And he said, I have no excuse, no excuses whatsoever. My behavior is indefensible. And I I don't really understand. I mean, the QAnon, the whole QAnon scene is so fascist. It's so anti-Semitic. And it so presents Trump as this liberating figure. Hedges is too smart for this. I I don't know. I'm not saying that they were all violent. They certainly were not all violent. They weren't all terrorists, but they were, some of them were. And they broke the law and they tried to overthrow our government. It's just, you know, we're just, we, we don't take this seriously
5: completely agree and if i may just for a moment with regards to your diane feinstein feinstein comments yes, completely agree that if she steps down at this point uh none of biden's uh, uh judicial uh, um uh, nominees will be yeah. will be put on the bench they, they will do everything possible i mean unfortunately the the, the fact of the matter is is that Republicans don't have a damn thing to stand on. They, they don't come out with legislation. You know, no. you get George
3: Washington. What out do you mean? What, what do you mean they don't like to stand on? They're, they're, they're protecting your gas stove. Uh, Joe Biden wants to come take your gas stove and wants to take your hamburgers. Oh, yeah. Right? And the trans yeah. kids want to play sports. Right. They're, they're, they're they're standing up on the issues that matter, sir. Uh,
5: yes. Oh, absolutely. I, yeah. Oh, you you know, get it. I can laugh at that.
3: Yeah. It, yeah.
5: It, it's hilarious. It's it's just it's too funny to not really just have a huge belly laugh over what they're trying to do. I mean, I think it's well,
3: ridiculous. The deal is there's more of us than there are of them, but that only counts if the media doesn't play their game. And what CNN did tonight was just completely disgusting, and it's been 10 years since I drew a paycheck from them, and I'm embarrassed the I ever did. Thank you, Sal. Appreciate your call. Quick break. We'll be right back in just a second with more of your calls and the great Bob Sesko. We are just getting warmed up. This is SiriusXM.
4: Sleeping Dogs now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie dot slash wondery. Hey
2: everybody, it's Michael Steele, host of the Michael Steele podcast. Each week, I discuss key political and cultural issues, joined by America's leading activists, experts, and academics for conversations that transcend political boundaries. And that's the point. I want you to join me as we work through real solutions have honest conversations, just keeping it real, and having a little fun on the side. So listen to the Michael Steele Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, or wherever you get your podcasts on, because you know I love it when you do.
3: This is SiriusXM Progress. We're all celebrating the 124th birthday of Fred Astaire, he's now old enough to serve in the U.S. Senate. Oh, I'm John Fuglesang. We're at 866-997-4748. 866-997-GRIT. Coming up in the next hour, author Brad Meltzer. His book about Billie Jean King for kids was just pulled from the shelves in the state of Florida. Right now, I am so pleased to welcome back to the show one of my favorite political pundits, uh, a great, great uh, podcast host. Mr. Bob Seska does something that's so smart and fun that covers all about politics and all about music, and I just try to pretend to be what he is. Hail Seska. Welcome back, Bob.
6: Hey, John, yeah, I'm uh, launched out of a cannon tonight because I just got done watching that atrocity on CNN.
3: So let me ask you how long you lasted because I, I really I really considered not watching any. Then, then around 8.15, I thought that would be irresponsible. I have to watch a bit. I watched enough to see that Caitlin Collins had no understanding of how to run a room, that she was being rolled over by this guy. that CNN stacked the entire deck by making it all seething Trump junkies in the crowd. And I saw Donald Trump uh talk about Ashley Babbitt who is dead because of Trump's lies and he yep. called the cop who shot her a thug which I know he would not have done if the cop had been white and that's when I knew it was time to turn it off I lasted about 5 minutes Bob it was really disgusting
6: Yeah I lasted about long enough for him to accuse democrats of infanticide once more
3: Yes because McCaitlin Collins around... called him out for that She called him out for that right
6: No, no she, she did not, not. Absolutely. Nope. She absolutely let the lie not.
3: let the lie go out on the airwaves
6: Yeah. Tried to pin him down on whether he'd sign a national abortion ban, but he just plowed forward saying Democrats want to rip babies from the womb in the ninth month and murder them. Le- which is infanticide they're that born they put him in
3: a little blanket murder. and they look at the baby and then the doctor yeah. and the mother kill the baby like he says <laughs> yeah, this and adults don't say anything <clears throat> when he does it and and yeah. these child men bob I, I i maybe this is chris lick's brilliant plan to get joe biden reelected. maybe reminding middle america how corrosive and stupid and awful this guy is I, you know I, i'll admit there were times tonight it felt like a commercial for the
6: refreshing newness of a ronda Yeah, David Zaslav, who runs Warner Brothers Discovery now, kind of needs Donald Trump there, I think, in order to maintain that merger, (laughs) maintain the Warner Brothers Discovery merger. Although I I don't want to get into that because I want to preface by saying, first of all, I believe that more casual voters— should hear what donald trump says especially the crazy crap because yeah donald donald trump's worst enemy is donald trump the best argument against donald trump is donald trump himself that's the things that he says but the cnn mistake is from the very beginning it's a normal event it's a normal presidential event they treated him caitlin collins and cnn Treated this man as if he just walked onto the national stage as he just just some guy who's decided to run for president. Oh, look, the Republican primaries are started. Let's see what this red haired young chap has to say about the issues. Let's bring him on and have him answer some questions from some other Republicans. Isn't wouldn't that be sweet? And that normalizes him. This guy is a despotic tyrant. He is a monster. He ordered his militias to invade and occupy Congress, uh, trying to overthrow the Article One powers. His ungainly incompetence led to hundreds of thousands of American deaths. I don't know how that multiplies by 9-11 deaths, but it's a lot more than (laughs) 9-11 by a considerable margin. And Donald Trump did that. Why? Because he was so desperate to get reelected. He wanted to pretend as if COVID never existed in the first place because he was thinking about November. He wasn't thinking about January or February or March. He was thinking about November. I don't understand how CNN can behave as though none of that happened. as none of, And on top of the fact that we in this country and i say we we obviously know there are quite a few voters in this country who have a teeny tiny gnat like attention span who have a, an even shorter term memory for these that's things right. i bet if you were to poll people and ask them why why was donald trump impeached the first time they wouldn't be they wouldn't able to have, tell you of course yeah, not because because donald trump's entire strategy started by steve bannon is to flood the zone with insanity so that's what and donald trump is really good at flooding the zone with so many different things that it's impossible to sit here on this show and talk about every single one of them. But I can tell you this, if he is elected again, thanks in part to CNN, he will not leave office. He wants to be the American Vladimir Putin. He wants to get into office and remain in office for as long as possible, because while he's there, he's immune to all of it.
3: And he'll stay in office uh, with his arteries for as long as he possibly can. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Bob, um, you're familiar with the term gish gallop. Mm Mm-hmm. That's uh, a debate technique that um, I first learned uh, 11 years ago, sitting next to Al Gore one night during the mm. first obama romney debate where romney engaged in this practice called a gish gallop where you flood the zone as it were with so much bullshit that by the time your academic yeah. competitor is finished correcting lie number 1 you have told lie number 14 and if you mm-hmm. watch that debate on youtube it it's a masterpiece romney just bullshits his way through it's it's oh, yeah. it's so low character but it's so effective he completely catches obama off guard Is it's really yep. bizarre to watch but that's what i saw trump doing tonight there were moments when he was effectively ignoring her he was literally ignoring her and playing up how much he wasn't ignoring her reading his little pieces of paper he brought ignoring her questions just commenting to the crowd i mean she was like a prop on that stage I I don't understand Chris Licht wanting to put one of his rising young stars in that position other than Chris Licht might just
6: might not be good at his job. Well, I also get the sense that Caitlin Collins is not unsympathetic to that side of the aisle first. Oh, I thought that as well. I mean, we know she's not from her past.
3: She used to work for Tucker, but she was there trying to play journalist, trying to ask a lot of the uh, a a lot of the, you know, follow up questions that were mostly ignored from what I've heard. Yeah, it just seemed like. CNN gave Trump a chance to be Trump and maybe long term, maybe it'll be a public service. Maybe reminding everyone how disgusting this man is is a good thing.
6: Yeah. What I didn't get from Caitlin Collins and I didn't expect it from Caitlin Collins either or any of the shills who were in the audience, it was an entirely pro-Trump Republican audience. But none of those people treated this guy like the tyrant that he is. No. Again, I I just I keep going back to this, John. They're treating him like, you know, like Chris Dodd running in 2008 or something like this. Let's talk to this guy about uh, reapportionment versus gerrymandering. What what are the distinctions and differences between these two? Compare and contrast, sir, your support for reapportionment versus that. No, come on. We've seen this guy operating on the political stage for so long now. To the detriment of our society, to the point where we are so dev- we're more divided now than we have been since the beginning of the Civil War, and it's largely due to this man's behavior, yeah. steamrolling decency and decorum. I mean, that just is the. Be- I mean, I was raving about that in 2015. I was like, oh well, that's old news now, because there's so I, many other yeah. things that have been thrown onto the slag heap. I take comfort knowing that E. Jean Carroll
3: probably has the number of her defamation lawyer handy because. Yeah, he pulled it again tonight. And and I said on the air oh, last yeah. night he would do it. He was going to come out there and just say, I was declared not guilty of rape. Uh, Jerry, my peers, family, not guilty of rape. And I'm so glad they came to the right verdict. That's exactly you know the spin why? that Chris Licht allowed Donald Trump to make to millions on TV tonight.
6: He feels as though he can get away with it, not only legally, but he can get away with it financially. Because every single sucker with a red hat on is giving him money. To finance these legal defenses and on down the line to the point where he's just it's just a gigantic slush fund for Donald Trump. So, I mean, it's no no wonder. Jack Smith is looking at Save America Pack as being an example of wire fraud. And, yep. you know, his people are just eating it up like uh, they're drinking it down like Coca-Cola is what they're doing. They just love yeah. it. And they'll keep giving him money and he'll he'll go back to court. He doesn't care. He's got the money. If it came from his own pocket, he wouldn't be so motor mouthed about some of these things about E. Jean Carroll after the fact. Bob, let me ask you about someone who does not appear on cable news
3: tonight, and that's Tucker Carlson. Um, We heard this weird (laughs) announcement yesterday from Tucker uh, that he's got a whole show and his whole staff and it's all going to happen over at Twitter, and then Elmo walks it back right away and says there's no deal in place whatsoever. Um, (laughs) It's kind of beautiful. Tucker Carlson walks away from at least $25 million and violates his non-compete clause, freeing Rupert Murdoch to release anything embarrassing he wants about Tucker. And the best part is Tucker's future will now depend on how many of us can teach our parents and grandparents how to watch Twitter on their TV sets.
6: Exactly. Yes, starting, relaunching your show on Twitter is about one step above college radio. I mean, is he's really literally like, if he gets fired from Twitter somehow, which is still possible, I mean, CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, he'll find some way to get fired from Twitter. And if he does, it'll be a college radio station down below that It's uh, either porn or reality television. (laughs) That's the next layer down the rung. Let's see how many different platforms Tucker can get fired from. That's what I'm looking forward to. So this is fun. I agree with you completely.
3: I mean, uh, you know, I got to admit, I'm kind of surprised. I I, I, yeah. I didn't think Tucker would do it. I mean, he doesn't need the money, so I guess I shouldn't be. He, like Elon, is born into millions of dollars he inherited at birth. So I, I guess there's nothing to lose. I guess he'd rather be out there making money and being in the media and getting all the attention and impressing yeah. the easily impressed than sitting back. But I have to believe Rupert Murdoch will release more Tucker tapes, and that's sort of what I'm here for, Bob.
6: There's something sad and Rupert Pupkin-ish about Tucker Carlson, Uh and this particular move that he's taking, because really, what he's chasing, John is clout. He's chasing status Always. because he has been so humiliated by all these networks. He can't really hold down a gig for very long before the people around him start to recognize who and what he really is. So he he really has very few options. But he doesn't need the money. I mean, he can walk away from twenty five million dollars very easily because of his frozen dinner fortune and the (laughs) money that he's already got. It's not about money for him anymore. It's about saying, hey, look, it's me, Tucker Carlson. I'm somehow still relevant. Look at me on Twitter where anyone can have a show.
3: That's it. Yeah, I mean, look, maybe it'll yeah. work, but I think if Twitter ever makes that sort of thing work and Twitter gets behind it, it's going to have yeah. to be like some young upstart that just grows and is developed there, not a big star trying to come there and make a mm. splash. But we'll we'll see how it plays out. Uh the Jean Carroll verdict, Bob. I haven't even asked you about that. It was it's been quite a quite a 48 hours here. Uh what's yeah. your take on a uh, on how we see this thing shaking out?
6: Well, obviously, great news. Um, Once again, I feel as though uh, this may. Well, well, first of all, let's start here. I think um, this opens up an opportunity for many of these other women who have rightfully accused Donald Trump of similar behavior with them. And uh, the Abuse Survivors Act in New York Mm -hmm. is also quite helpful along those lines. So I hope more women step forward with lawyers and start to take on uh donald trump over all of this create a critical mass sort of like bill cosby or harvey weinstein or some of these other people uh some of these other monsters who um deserve what they're getting and i you know donald trump says he's going to appeal well he'll be appealing this one while eugene carroll files yet another probably a couple of lawsuits as long as donald trump keeps opening his yapper uh there will be more lawsuits against him for sure and that's that's on top. Join the club because the uh, legal trouble for Donald Trump is never ending. Um, exactly. So, yeah. And and I'm sure that the five million dollars, he doesn't care about the five million dollars, really. Once again, he can probably pull that from his uh, endless supply of sucker cash. So I don't think he's worried about that. But once again, he's now... Infamous for something. He's the first ex-president to not only be criminally indicted, but now he's the first ex-president to be held liable for sex abuse and defamation mm-hmm. by a jury of his peers. Not How many men were on that jury? You know, six, I mean, guys.
3: A lot of firsts. I'm still holding out for him being the first man to lose the popular vote three times in America. No one's ever done it. A handful have lost twice. John Quincy Adams lost twice. Benjamin Harrison lost twice. But only Trump has a chance at being number one or number three. Uh, Bob, you know, when the week began, I thought it would be all about right wing people defending the subway strangler. Uh, They temporarily got uh, distracted defending the murderer in Allen, Texas. That's sort of going away now. It it seems like the more we find out this guy was a hardcore right winger, the less the media wants to talk about it.
6: Yeah, yeah. We, I think, to a large extent, need to be the messengers on this. We can't wait for the news media. We can't wait for one cycle to die down and, and, and maybe get a word in about gun control in the next cycle. We can't be constantly jumping in as soon as there's another mass shooting we have to be the messengers on this and continue to hammer the the notion of banning assault weapons of applying new regulations against firearms and and making sure that this happens at the very least at a cultural level because what's happening a lot now john is there's a mass shooting and we had there were several events In that period of time, too, there was Allen, Texas. There was that massacre in Brownsville, Texas, using a car.
3: Yeah, the same day. I mean, it was just people. And and that was reported to be someone who hated immigrants as well. But I don't know if that's been verified yet.
6: Yeah, yeah. There's uh, The last I saw it had something to do with uh, drugs or alcohol or something along those lines. They were looking at that as a cause. But regardless, at the same time, there was a a child who was sh- shot by a neighbor while she was playing hide-and-seek a, as right. a consequence of this radicalization we're getting in the Red Hat Entertainment Complex about stand your ground and all these things. and And what happens is when these news events happen, John— um we we get outraged and we demand action and then some other shiny object comes along and we're on that And the and the gun stuff doesn't get the traction on social media anymore. People stop paying attention to it, retweeting it, liking it, et cetera. The you know the activism moves on, but the the town square that is social media goes silent and starts talking about something else. And one of the things that one of the advantages the Republican Party and the conservative movement has over Democrats and the left is they never let up. I mean, they start down the road hammering something and irrespective of what the news cycle happens to be, they keep hammering it. I mean, has Matt Walsh ever shut up about trans people, at least for the last year, irrespective no. of what's going on with his no. his favorite politicians or the news? Get
3: the clicks. That's better than Hunter Biden yeah. for the clicks. Yeah. Beating up. On t- exactly. This is what right wing Christians do. You find the least of my people, as Jesus said, and you shit on them. Whoever, right. be it undocumented immigrants, be it refugees, be it the home. Homeless, be it trans kids, whoever is lowest, whoever the Christians are supposed to be looking out for, that's who you abuse, and that's how you get right wing Christians to reward you for yeah. shitting on Jesus.
6: If you see some of these activists tweeting about firearms and new gun regulations, guys like Fred Gutenberg, etc., w- irrespective of what we're talking about in the news that day, or for that five minutes, retweet that shit. Retweet because again, it's the tenacity that wins the day. If we Mm -hmm. are tenacious with the things that we are demanding, whether it's shaming gun ownership, shaming the gun manufacturers for earning profits on on a stack of American bodies, on this on a stack of bodies of children, we need to continuously do that. There needs to be a continuous drumbeat that is ceaseless. And instead, what we find too often is we on the left are chasing that news cycle and we got to we got to stop that process we've got to seize the initiative and move these priorities forward independent of what's being reported on cable news or what donald trump is saying or the outrages that we've observed on cnn so that's got to be the mandate from now on
3: preach sir what's the best way for our listeners (laughs) to follow you mr seska
6: uh, you can follow me on Instagram @bobsesca my podcast is bobsescashow.com and I just started on TikTok for god's sake. Oh, look at god you I can't me.
3: wait. I like your videos yes. very much. We got to have at a talk Seska, about yeah. about Picard. I don't know I don't know if I was as much on the Picard train as you. I liked it. Don't know if I loved it as much as you. Don't know if I mean, Oh my said it god. Was the, you said it was the best Star Trek ever. So we got to talk about that.
6: Yes. Oh definitely. We will. And we okay. will.
3: Uh thank you very much Mr. Sesko. We got to take a quick break. We'll be right back with your calls at 866-997-4748. This is Progress.
7: CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car.
0: I'm John Fugel
3: saying this is SiriusXM Progress we are at eight six six nine nine seven forty seven forty eight nine nine seven 997 Grit I'm so pleased to welcome our next guest back to the show but first you might have heard Florida's capital city school district is reviewing a book reviewing which means they they've pulled it off the shelves in the schools after one parent complained about its content the book is I Am Billie Jean King it is a children's book By Brad Meltzer, it's located in three different elementary school libraries, and it has been pulled and is now being evaluated by administrators, as per the directive of Ron DeSantis, to determine whether it's age appropriate. Leon County Schools is committed to following state statute and board policy when reviewing media center materials. Now, you've heard that tons of books have been pulled off the shelves. School boards have been even voted on book bans. But this is only the second book Leon County has had to review. Uh, It is very scary. It is seemingly the way things are going, and it's kind of ironic because we've talked with our next guest quite a bit about book bans in his previous visits. Brad Meltzer is the number one New York Times bestselling author of The Lightning Rod, The Escape Artist, 11 other bestselling thrillers. He writes great nonfiction like The Nazi Conspiracy, which was about a secret plot to kill FDR and Stalin and Churchill, um, and his Ordinary People Change the World kids book series, which my son loves. We have the Jackie Rob Book and the Gandhi book and the Amelia Earhart book, that's the series. That the Billie Jean King book is a part of, and now it is at the center of a statewide book censorship effort among Florida right wing folks. It's a pleasure to welcome Brad Meltzer back to Sirius XM. Good to be back, my friend. Good to have you, Brad. Uh, I, I, I want to say I'm sorry, but I don't know if I should say congratulations. I, I've come to believe maybe it's cynical that these sort of things are, are actually amazing for the authors who are being censored. It's scary that almost every book that's being challenged or taken off the shelves either deals with the non-white experience or the non-straight experience in America. But uh, it is my hope that a lot of people will read your book who never would have ordinarily. How did you find out this had happened?
1: Um, I, I literally, like anyone else, was just, uh, I woke up to news online, and uh, I saw it online and realized a friend had texted it to me, uh, and, you know, listen, you know, we we wrote these books, I wrote them for my own kids, to give my kids better heroes to look up to, and, you know, I am Amelia Earhart, I am Rosa Parks, I am Dr. King, and, you know, they had a, to wake up and see that I am Billie Jean King has been challenged by one parent. And, and the thing that's absurd, of course, and I live in Florida, so this is my own state. And to to wake up and see, oh, they challenge Billie Jean King. You know what other books they challenge and you and I have spoken about? I am Rosa Parks. I am Martin Luther King Jr. Mm-hmm. Now, what do they all have in common, right? They all are, you know, what, what what a certain group of people will consider those people, whether it's the gay experience, whether yeah. it's the black experience, but, you know, It is just amazing to me that what our government has really done here in Florida is created this system where our limited educational resources are spent dealing with challenges to books rather than doing the essential work of teaching our kids. That's it. And what our kids are learning from this process is the exact opposite of what our books, Chris Alanopoulos and I do, are intended to teach. And the world, of course, needs more acceptance, not less. That's what I Am Billy Jean King as a Kids Book is all about.
3: I, I agree, um, and it's interesting because you've you've written about this and saying that they're they're watching and trying to see, you know how how you're going to react. But all you're trying to do here is teaching children critical thinking. And I I want to just say read the one line in your wonderful book about Billie Jean King uh, that caused this to happen. Um, let me know if I get this line correct. Uh, you can't choose who you fall in love with; your heart will tell you. Is that the line, Brad?
1: That I mean that's all we can figure right we I mean we look at the book and say, What could they possibly object to and that is the line in the book and and what's so interesting, you know when we did, I am Abraham Lincoln, we find the great Lincoln scholars when we did I am uh Martin Luther King jr John Lewis himself helped me and was a an,
3: did Brad just drop out? Yeah, we just dropped off real quick. We just dropped. We'll him. Him okay, we'll let's get him on. on in a second. Oh my God, I'm so into this. Okay, great. Because Billie Jean King has already weighed in on this very issue. Our,
6: our phone banks are run through Florida. I think this is DeSantis. Oh,
3: that's it. So this is this is actually DeSantis uh, uh, shutting it down, which involves DeSantis, DeSantis getting up and walking across a room. That personally. So it's a lot of work for him. I yeah, I was like going to say, Governor DeSantis must have been hearing our conversation, Brad. Sorry about that. <laughs> really, but, but well, what I was
1: going to say is is that um, is, is that you know, we had we had when we did I Am Martin Luther King Jr. John Lewis himself was our advisor on the book, but when we did I Am Billy Jean King, guess who the advisor was? It was Billy Jean King. I yeah. spent two hours on the phone with her as she was reading through the manuscript, correcting each detail, correcting what color sneakers she wore in each game. <laughs> there was a point where she—I remember her saying to me, "Oh, I want you to move this scene from here. I wasn't here when I got this news." And I said, well, you know, I said, I'm sorry to." To tell you, but you know, uh, I got that from your own autobiography. And Billie Jean King said to me, Oh, I know, but back then I was so busy, I never got to proof my own biography. So, our I Am Billie Jean Kids book was at that point more authentic than and had more details than her own autobiography. And when we got to that page, she knew I wanted to show kids I'm like, I'm not doing a book on you without saying that you fell in love, that you were gay, and what it means. And we worked on it, and, and she said, well, can we say this, can we say, you know, and we work with people to say, what's the age-appropriate way? So there's no politics, so there's no stance in it. Let's just be factual and tell it. And this was what myself and Billie Jean King herself picked out for the book. That's and it. I, oh, I just can't believe that anyone, whatever you hate, um, finds objectionable. And it objectionable. And when you ban a book, you reveal yourself. And the parents, totally. and it's one parent who said that they don't like this book, has, of course, revealed themselves.
3: Now, um, Billie Jean King, of course, was married to Larry King, not our friend, the sports promoter. Uh, She was forced to come out publicly about her sexuality in 1981. And I know your book includes a page that talks about how um, eventually Larry and I stopped being married and I fell in love with a wonderful woman named Ilana. Then comes the line, you can't choose who you fall in love with, your heart will tell you. It makes me crazy, Brad. There's nothing uh, dishonest you've written. There's just factual information, and it's the kind of facts people don't want children to know. Um, and if you question this, they'll call you a groomer. As you well know, it is not possible to groom children to be lesbian tennis players. You can try, but they're going to be what they want to be and what they're meant to be. It, it just seems and, like... And Please, go ahead.
1: No, and you're right. I mean, And, and I think, to me, what, what really gnaws at me in this challenge... Is that buried within it, when we talk, you know, we can talk about how the world needs more acceptance, not less. And we can talk about protecting our children. But to me, what's at the core of this challenge is somehow this idea that it's inappropriate to teach that one of America's great heroes is gay. And that's what's disgusting to me. The only thing in this book is basically saying she was gay. And, And love whoever you, you know, love who you want. And and that's at the basis of this. It's not that you're worried about grooming. But it's someone who's saying that if you say someone's gay, that's inappropriate to to someone. And that is just, you know, again, you know, I looked up um, the history of book bans. Because, you know, I'm a history guy. And when you look up and see the very first book that was banned nationwide in America, was Harriet Beecher Stowe's classic, Uncle Tom's Cabin. That's right. And why was it banned, right? It was banned because a group of people, a certain group of people didn't want anyone knowing or talking about the fact that slavery was a bad thing. They wanted to protect their kids from hearing things like that. They wanted to protect their their friends and their family from hearing thoughts like that. And decade after decade, all book bans are about power and control And people who are worried about losing that power and control, it's all about the fear of losing that power and control. And it's the same thing here.
3: I I want to believe that it's, it's somehow good for the author. I want to believe that somehow people like Henry Miller, how many people never would have read Tropic of Cancer? If they just allowed it to be published and disappear in the American stands. But when you try to keep Americans from actually reading words, in many cases, that's going to drive people to an author they might not have ordinarily seen. Have you have you found support coming to you from unexpected places since this happened?
1: You know, there's no question when they when they went after our Rosa Parks book and our Dr. King books. um, I think what I loved is, is not that we got more sales, but is that people were buying the books He dropped again, I'm
3: sorry. He dropped again, this is DeSantis. This is Ron DeSantis is doing. Wow. We are at 866-997-4748. We'll get him back in a second. If you're just joining us, we're talking to Brad Meltzer. His books have spent over a year on the bestseller list. They've been translated into over 25 languages from Hebrew to Bulgarian. He's also the host of Brad Meltzer's Lost History on H2 and Brad Meltzer's Decoded on the History Channel. Hollywood Reporter put him on their list of Hollywood's 25 most powerful authors. And Brad's a guy whose books are widely Oh, do we have you back? Hi, Brad. Boy, DeSantis is really mad at this conversation today. I
1: I have to say, I'm in the same spot that I speak to you for every interview we've ever done and moving nowhere. So I'm I'm actually starting to take it personally, like someone's really listening. And of course, (laughs) that's a joke, but it's absurd. But, you know, what, what, uh, and I forget where we were, though, I'm just so crazy about this. But but to answer your question about, you know, whether it's good or not. You know, is people started buying the books when they banned our I Am Rosa Parks book and our I Am Martin Luther King Jr. book. It wasn't that I, I, it wasn't about the sales, but what I did love is that people started buying the books and sending them to the school that banned them. And I wrote today on the internet, I wrote on my Facebook page, I wrote on my my Twitter account on, on Instagram. I said, if anyone knows anyone at this school in Tallahassee, connect me with the teachers. I'll send them all the free books. I'll send free books for that entire school. You That's tell awesome. me where to send them because what I love, and what I love that people did, is is, and I encourage anyone, not just our books, any book you see banned, whether it's I Am Billie Jean King or anyone else, there's some you know, amazing books out there. Um, buy them and send them to the place that banned them. And for our I Am Rosa Parks book, there were so many books sent to that school district that they called and told me they have enough for every kids in the schools and they're now teaching. I am Rosa Parks in that school. We made them eat that book ban. And I wow. love that. So the only thing I do hope is, again, I'm happy to donate them for free. But, you know, if you know someone who needs to hear the story of Billie Jean King, don't, you know, buy it and send it. Do buy it and send it to a library, but send it to this offending school. That's exactly. who I want. Because the one thing I want is that parent to know, you know what? You open your mouth like this, And you do this, and you know what we're going to do? You're going to just get more of it. You're going to unleash this army of goodness that is what we're trying to build in kids, and you're going to see it come back at you in spades right now.
3: That's so it. You know, for every banned book, try to buy two banned books. And I'm so glad you talk about um, Uncle Tom's Cabin, not just one of the most misunderstood books of all time, uh, unfairly misunderstood, um, but also, yeah, one of the most protested and hated. And when the line comes in, God's Curse on Slavery, I mean, that's a book that takes a hardcore Christian argument against slavery, right down to having Uncle Tom himself be a Christ figure in the third act. You can see why the right wing was horrified. But again, these book propose, these book bans, they're always about minority cultures, either black and brown folks, immigrant experience, or LGBT. That's it. It's always trying to marginalize the already marginalized.
1: Oh, we saw it, you know, and, and when you can see it, um when they took our books, when they did Dr. King and Rosa Parks, every book on the list was about someone who was black or brown or a black or brown author. And, yep. and, I mean, again, what a coincidence. And it, and, but the same thing happens, you know, if you look through history, right? You, you can look at like the Chinese emperor who burned all his books in his kingdom and I think it was 12, uh, 212 B.C., so history could start with him. Right? And and yeah. Martin Luther's German translation of the Bible, Shakespeare's King Lear, Mark Twain's Huckleberry Finn, Alice in Wonderland, Sherlock Holmes, in the early Reagan years, the challenges to books made by school boards and libraries rose dramatically. And you can see that these things happen in waves. You see their and, and the same thing happened with Reagan. You know, you think, Oh my gosh, this is something that's from nineteen forty two. You can this is something from that the Nazis do when they have great book bands. But you know, it is just so sad to see that we're in 2023 and we're still fighting these nazi practices we're still fighting book bans, yeah. and i know that our governor says oh we're not banning books and you know and this isn't a ban right they're now going to review it but what you've right. done i it, look on my on my instagram look on my twitter how many teachers have said i'm a teacher in florida and yeah they don't ban books but our kids are terrified every day and teachers are terrified every day and everyone's worried as a teacher, we're going to get arrested and sued. And what kids are seeing is they're seeing that hatred unleashed. They're seeing that's that it. political, that you know, that, that the polarizing back and forth that's going on in the culture. We're now teaching it. And that's the worst part of this.
3: You're right. And if I may, the worst thing about the don't say gay bill in Florida. <laughs> He's it, dropped again. But Brad's dropped again. Wow, we're really lucky. we got to get him back and just speak really fast to finish this one final bit. If you're just joining us, we're, we're trying to have a conversation with Brad Meltzer. Uh, we are at 866-997-4748. I'm starting to think Brad's tired of me, Chris, and I'm I'm starting to get a little insecure about all of this. By the way, did you know Brad played himself in Woody Allen's Celebrity? Did That's he really? True. Yes, he did. And uh, he also co-wrote the Swearing In Oath for AmeriCorps, the National Service Program
2: yeah it's amazing
3: yeah he also got 24 rejection letters for his first true novel uh (laughs) so brad's been there and again a hugely successful author but what i'm going to ask him about when he comes back and i assume he will give this one more college try his book i am rosa parks was banned by the school board in york pennsylvania just a year and a half ago so you know and Oh, we have Brad back. Brad, welcome back. I'm not going to let DeSantis break us apart again. Um, I was oh, just telling God. the listeners how your book, I Am Rosa Parks, was banned by the school board in York, Pennsylvania, just a year and a half ago. I'm curious, how was that experience for you and what ultimately happened? Did did, did Were you able to get more of the books out to the community because of it? Did it increase interest in the book?
1: You know, what it did was um, we did the number one thing as we shamed them. I literally got a call the day that I am Rosa Parks was banned. I got a call from Fox News and I got a call from CNN and I got a call from MSNBC. And when Fox News and CNN and MSNBC all agree, you know, you screwed up, right? (laughs) you know. And even they were like, this is this is too much. We went, you know, something went too far. And it's a beautiful part of, you know, and and so I went to the school board. They asked the the students there, said, can you come to the school board meeting and speak? So, of course, I went and spoke to the school board. I read to them my favorite line of I am Rosa Parks, which says, uh, I'm not a famous business person. I'm not a politician. I'm just an ordinary person. And I'm also proof there's no such thing as an ordinary person. I said, that's what you're denying these kids. And I thought I'd saved democracy as we know it with my great speech. And then... All the kids started speaking after me, giving these impassioned speakers, mothers and kids in the school saying, how dare you ban these books we love? How dare you ban books from people that look like me? You know, Rosa Parks looks like me. Dr. King looks like me. Those are the books you're banning. And these kids were giving these speeches that it was like the end scene of Braveheart. And I didn't even need to be there at all. I didn't need John to be there for one second. These kids saved the day. They shamed those politicians on the school board. And basically, they, by the end of the meeting, they had reversed their freeze, reversed what became a ban after a year. Of course, a freeze becomes a ban. That's right. And, and the books were put back there. But that's what it takes. It takes people saying, I will not stand for this. And you know what the number one thing you got to do is?
3: Go vote. You got to go vote. go
1: vote. No matter how far you got to vote these people out.
3: Brad, when when Governor DeSantis cut off your phone line the last time, I was talking about how the worst part of the don't say gay law is that, yeah, it's not about censorship. It's about terrifying people in schools with the thought of censorship, terrifying teachers with the thought of lawsuits for mentioning gender orientation or sexual orientation. And of course, uh, terrifying uh, uh, libraries that their books may be banned. You know, this parent complaint was April 25th, I read, and that's about 10 days. After Billie Jean King herself criticized the "Don't Say Gay" law, I, I don't find that coincidental at all. And I'm wondering, um, has Ms. King commented on what's happened in Florida?
1: You know, uh, I'll leave her to make her comments, and she's obviously one of my heroes. So I'll never try and speak for her unless it's in a children's book. Hmm. Um, but obviously, we, you know, you can you can put together where she stands on something like this. And, you know, that's pretty obvious. Um. But you're exactly right what it, you know, you, you know, our politicians here can with a straight face and factually say we're not banning books. They can. In fact, we're not telling people you can't say gay. But when everyone's terrified to act, even though the letter of the law doesn't say when teachers are terrified, when librarians are terrified, you're doing it wrong. Right. We're doing something wrong. And what happens is, is now you're kind of you're 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 codifying in a way this fear. And, and teachers have said to me, I mean, have said to me, I, I, you know, we, we, we don't want to teach a book that we love. I had one teacher who said to me, I'm terrified of teaching a book that I love because I don't want to get sued. Yeah. I mean, think about that for a moment. And this isn't like some out, you know, out there book that's some kind of crazy thing. It, you know, it's some beloved book that's been taught in the schools for years. Oh, yeah. But she's just like, it's just too.
3: I think we just lost Brad for the fifth and final time i don't know why it's such a terrible connection tonight um chris do we get him back one more time
2: i think i this think he might radio. join our zoom
3: okay uh will I, what, you want to take a break chris can we no. take a commercial no, no, break no, no no he's right no? here he's right here oh he's oh right here okay wonderful well it's good to have brad on zoom brad can you hear us <laughs> brad we're so close to the home stretch Oh, we're now on Zoom. I've switched to Zoom. <laughs> we broke you down. Thank you. DeSantis can never affect Zoom. Um, really quick, before I let you go, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Meltzer, I'm so grateful to you for, for being so generous with your time. You know, under this new Florida law, an activist recently requested 62 school districts to ban the Bible now because the bible itself does violate uh these very laws and has all the things that these books are not supposed to have i you know i know it's obviously a stunt it's a bit of theater to shine a light on it do you approve of that sort of thing is that playing tit for tat or is that an active way to show the absurdity of these laws
1: you know it's funny the day that the law passed my wife and i are both lawyers talked about that we said how long is it gonna be until someone says remove the bible from the schools and 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 I know, it, I know vengeance feels amazing, right? It, feel, it, it must feel so good to be able to show them the the ridiculousness of what you can do when one person just wants to say, you know, you can't read that. Um, but I, I just, there's some, and, and maybe, you know, there's, if, if something good comes from it, go with it. But for me, um, I just never want to stoop to their lows. I just feel like we have to be better than what angers us. And to me, I don't mind if you want to, Protect what your kid reads, but you don't get to control what everyone's kid reads. And and that's what, at, at the end of the day, that's what we should be fighting. Not not just being as as low and, and cheap as they are, but being better than what they are and showing people how absurd it is. So um, I knew that was going to happen, but I don't want want to be on the side of book bans. I think if we're if we're banning books, as you know and we all agree, you're on the wrong side of history. And eventually, as history proves over and over, whether it was rap music or video games or anything else that's been banned, at the end of the day, when you're banning books, you're going to be revealed as the villain in the
3: story. Always. Every time. Because as you've pointed out so many times, Mr. Meltzer, what they're trying to do is stop ideas. And that never turns out well. Brad, what is next for you? What, what are you working Listen, on now? I love the last book. What, what are you uh, what, what are you focusing on now?
1: So uh, working on the new thriller right, right now. And then we do I Am Wonder Woman kids book. And then the one that I've been waiting the entire series for, we're doing, I am Mr. Rogers. And that's why you got the last answer out of me, right? It's like, Mr. Rogers, he taught me anything is, is, you know, show, show people kindness. And, and I I do believe that, uh, that, that we'll win in the end. It's just really frustrating when we're going through it. And, and, but again, not just our books, not just I am Jean King. When you see a banned book, buy extra copies. Every time I see a book ban, I buy a copy. I donate it to my library. I donate it to the local hospital. I donate it anywhere I can. Um, if you ban a book, I'm going to make them eat that book ban.
3: <laughs> Thank you so much, Brad. What's the best way for our listeners to follow you and keep up with all your work?
1: Yeah, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, anywhere, uh, at Brad Meltzer. And it's M-E-L-T-Z-R, like seltzer that you drink but with an M like Mary. So just look for com and, you know, share those stories, share like when you see those authors who are talking about those book bans, share them out there because there are so many, you know, the one thing is we may not agree on politics, but most people, even all the Republicans on my thing, all the Democrats on my feed today, we're all going, this is enough, enough is enough. And that's how you win. That's how you win.
3: The great Brad Meltzer. The book, by the way, is I Am Billie Jean King, and it makes a great gift for the smart and cool young person in your life. Piss off a bigot, why don't you? Thank you, Brad. It's always great to have you on our show. Really grateful to you. We got to take a quick break. We will be back in just a moment with your calls at 866-997-4748. We're going to have open phones all the way till midnight on the East Coast, 9 p.m. on the Pacific. Uh, Keith Price joins us in the next hour. When we come back, it's just your calls, 866-997-GRIT.
6: And the best part? You can try it yourself with their 7-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's p-h-i-l-o dot tv slash p-o-p-p-o-d-s to get 50% off your first month.
3: Released on the 10th of May, 1978. One month in advance of their album Some Girls, a song that went to number one on the Billboard Hot 100. Rolling Stone named Miss You number 498 on their list of the 500 greatest songs of all time, written by Mick Jagger while jamming with Billy Preston during rehearsals for the El Macambo club gigs in 77. Keith Richards is a co-writer. Jagger and Ronnie Wood still to this day say Miss You was not supposed to be a disco song. Keith Richards says Miss You was a damn good disco record. It was calculated to be one. Happy anniversary, forty-five years! It's now old enough to embarrass itself in a disco. And Keith Price, it's so good to have you here. Our comedy daddy, how are you? I am fabulous. I'm this guessing. Like... I, I, I'm, I'm guessing you didn't get to see uh, a Donald Trump on CNN tonight.
2: Sadly, no. I missed out on that on my commute coming in. Gosh darn it.
3: <laughs> yeah, uh, let's go to Robert calling from uh, the great state of California. Robert, did you get to see any of CNN tonight, or the, the channel that used to be CNN?
7: Yeah, I've seen it all. I've Tell me, it all. It was such a shit show. It was like full of like lies, blah blah blah. Yeah, it went on on. It was it was like, why is this guy even on our TV set? Oh, I forgot, he's the star of The Apprentice.
3: Yeah, a- <laughs> I was just like, my God! It just—I watched five minutes, and I just thought, you know what? I can't even get angry. It's just he's shittier, he's dumber, he's more dishonest, he's more grotesque, and he's more boring. That's what surprised me. I—I I used to be able to watch one of those things and write twenty good jokes and get my get my Irish up and get get my battery all. But this was just draining. I didn't hey, have the strength to sit hey, through it. Yeah.
7: Uh, hey, I'm 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 on serious radio, right? Yeah. So I- Anything I want,
3: anything you want. So, you already said so, shit show.
7: So here we go. Um, it's a, it's the dare hunter, and every time they went deer hunting, uh, the one guy would go fucking a. Yeah. Fucking a. I forget. Yeah, fucking uh, I got I got two really quick things for you. I dude, you're a connoisseur with so much stuff. You you go through so much. I gave you a big hug at the El Theater in 2016. When oh, we all nice. Hillary was going to win that night.
3: That was but, quite a uh, show.
7: I, I got I got two things to tell you about Antifa. Tell me. Tell me. I, I know who the leader is. and I know Antifa has a leader? Yeah, and I know who the founder is. Okay. Leader, his name is Bob Miller. Okay. And the, the founder was all our forefathers that fought against France and Germany and Japan and all the fascist ways.
3: I but, love okay,
7: it. Now, now you're going to like this one. I'm, I'm 30 miles from her, her house. I love you guys all the time. But Bob Miller is Stephanie Miller's um, dad. And he was the leader of Nuremberg.
3: Oh, he yeah, of course. All
7: them he took down all them Nazis. hmm So,
3: yeah. I mean, and and of course, I, I, Stephanie Miller's father. Stephanie Miller's father was famously Barry Goldwater's running mate. So you know that's the yeah. great thing about that family. You can have this rather conservative, conservative dad and a hyper liberal, hyper lesbian daughter.
7: And, <laughs> and every, time, every time I watch her on Directv in the morning, and she's got the picture of Goldwater and her dad, like the running ticket. I, yeah. I look at her picture of her dad, and I look at a picture of her, and I'm like, God, you guys you look like
3: family members. <laughs> I mean it's it's amazing and and yet they're they're so different ideologically but Stephanie has a really good perspective on what decent honest republicans used to be like. And can I tell you the last time we were playing in Phoenix together, you know who came backstage to hang with me after the show? Barry Goldwater Jr., which was just Ooh. surreal for oh my me. God. Looks just like his dad except he doesn't want to nuke the Viet Cong. Wow. <laughs> So true. But
7: but, Robert, really quick before
3: you before you leave us, you 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 watch this town hall disaster. I watched five minutes. The format was just designed to let Trump step all over this woman. The crowd was all Trump supporters. It was a completely biased crowd that was laughing at the sexual abuse, laughing when he would insult the host. I mean, I don't know, Keith, how they didn't think this was going to happen.
2: Well, the idea, though, that they decided to go through with it after the 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 results of this this trial the civil suit you know it just it to me it just shows that they are about trying to make money and they are trying like you said to figure out the ratings this is all about what they're going to do and i think that they're hoping that since fox has been seen as this bastion of just lies 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 they're hoping that they can grab the few Less crazier fans of Fox and bring them mm-hmm. over to CNN, and so, <laughs> and, and then that way they can play the we we serve both cards. When in actuality, they are slowly but surely getting rid of and annihilating what's left of the left in that space technically so so you know so it's just it's at this point now you know to watch cnn is an absolute waste of time now as it is with fox but what's going to happen is is that you know you just can't get all of your information from msnbc you know what i mean it's like you got to open up your your, you got to open up your sphere a little bit but like you know for the most part that's where you're getting most of the truth you know what I mean? I mean like, really, yeah, there, there's serious some
3: progress that, as well. There's other sources of information, Mr. Well, yeah, Price. Exactly, but but I'll i not agree with you?
2: No, no, no. But I'm just saying, like you know, <laughs> in that level of the media scene, on that that like, that's what's happening on that level of media. Absolutely. And it's not you know agree. the liberal media where we are too. Is it's you know they're picking people off left and right when they can. Oh no, so. I'm
3: very comfortable here at my own level. Trust me, I'm I'm <laughs> I'm very grounded here at my level. Uh, Robert, <laughs> any any final thoughts, Robert?
2: Yeah,
7: yeah. Two final thoughts. I love Pussycats, and so do you. And the other final thought was um, every time I, I watch free speech TV and I get stuff from Tom Hartman, from yeah. years gone by, different presidents and everything, and then I turn on, you know, Randy comes on next, and she just like, she, in layman's turn, she's just like, hey, look, this is how stupid they are. I remember when the fucking uh, the dude ran into the um, FBI place and he tried yeah. to hold them up, and they end up taking him out to a field. And it, it, you, you don't get that shit on regular TV. You get it from free speech, from That's people right. that want to tell you everything about the truth.
3: That's right. No, I, I love free speech TV. They got some great people working there. I, I even once set a record for their oh, yeah, pledge drive. I think, so
7: I think that you
3: work there every now and then, right? I I no, I work for, I work at SiriusXM, XM but it, there have been times in the past when I've been filling in for Stephanie and she was away and I had to do the pledge drive and they told me I broke their record one year at, at Free Speech T V. Nice, nice. For fundraising. Yes. Well I'm very good at begging people to do things. I'm I'm very needy. Yeah.
7: Yeah, here's, Robert, one, thank- here's one thing. Here's one okay. last thing. Really quick, um, go ahead. In the um Islam uh in the uh whatever the birth of Christ is in there with Mother Mary yes. and everything.
3: People virgin like mary you. is mentioned more in the quran than she is in the bible go ahead
7: i'm sorry there you go yeah yeah exactly thank oh, you john okay. right on man you. thank
3: you I love you back call any time. 866-997-4748 that was fun
2: uh <laughs> keith i, I for, almost yeah.
3: forgot to ask if you're okay i know how how much it hurt you when the proud boys were all convicted of seditious conspiracy <laughs>
2: Um, I was devastated. Oh, yeah. Are you okay? Thoughts and
3: prayers. Thoughts and prayers and and giggles, too. Um, They're really building a wide web of cases here.
2: Well, I mean, if it's going to be like, you know, we're doing that thing where like a set of, you know how they have those domino conventions where you have the the those design patterns, and then it's like it's like a slow roll. You get a couple of tickety tick 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 ticks, and then all of a sudden there's an explosion of ticks, and then the picture gets all big and colorful. Correct. I'm hoping that what we're seeing now is the beginning of that big explosion of color mm. from the dominoes that are starting to fall, because you know. If these guys are getting 20 years and 15 years thrown at them, those are the numbers that are being thrown at them. They probably won't get those full numbers. They'll get something like half of that. But even that is enough to <laughs> to give them that Indiana Jones stick of fire to get them behind burning <laughs> that fever out of them. Cause, <laughs> because Indy, I love you. Makes, Wake up. I love you. It's like... Because at this point now they're still trying to say, well, it was Trump that made us do it. Like we were like totally yeah, like here, and we were like angry and stuff. And then like he's like he just like spoke to us, and when he did, like we totally just like we're like yeah, we're totally gonna take over. And so like we did, and then like everybody got mad. Like I don't understand, <laughs> you, know? you know? And so <laughs> this is this is how they're trying to walk through this process, and it's like, you know, how how a bunch of white supremacy kinds of guys are following a man named Enrico Tario. Still to this moment confuses me. But you know what what, else? how a
3: black man named Enrique Tarrio can be a white supremacist. I just I believe in comedy. Heller. It, it, it I don't always get it. always goes well. I I get it. There's you know you you you've seen Samuel L. Jackson's character in Django Unchained. There are always going to be non-white. White supremacists. I don't uh, think I can say anything yeah, more yeah. about it, but you you, you could. You, you got know, your podcast uh, all fixed, right? Your, your podcast, yeah. you got it, everything in order? What happened there?
2: Yeah, you know what happened? It was like I had switched over to another carrier so that I could let myself free of, of SoundCloud and all the drama that goes on with that and found an, another podcast site but what happened was like you know when you switch with the RSS feed and then you have to put it someplace else in the listings in order to have it show up at, at iTunes and Spotify and all of that other so like I spent like a day and a half finally figuring out what was wrong and now it is all back and up and running and in the right direction and, and that's good. we've opened with uh, this full on because um, I'm figured out how to work my iMovie now so i'm feeling very very artistic yes um, i've been seeing you've been doing some editing sir yeah it's been kind of fun shut up it's like you know who knew it could be so easy with just my two fingers um (laughs) but uh I started it with this the brand new uh ep- episode as a two parter with uh, my two friends and we took all of the nominations for for the tonys and we broke them up of course with the technical and and um creative arts awards Very versus nice. the performances and best shows and we just sat in kibitz, and and you know all of our predictions were up and You know again as we mentioned earlier when i joined that uh i am kind of team some like it hot for best new musical and so i'm hoping that you know so there's there's a lot of decision making that happens where you kind of get you know we know what you're going to say keith and i'm like yeah they should wait for that too
3: but you've also uh i have to bring this up because you sent me a link you made a video that included my wife's horrible dog in it Uh, this this pomeranian (laughs) i live with that looks like a it looks like a wookie's testicle this ball of puff me, that barks me. and shakes and pees. And, and you, you leave her alone. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> she won and the you put over, her... John. Did she Really? <laughs> She I won thought the me cats over. would have won. Keith, for those who no, don't know, Keith was Keith, Keith was house sitting for us over Easter break and, and got to got to have a whole weekend with the Anna Pals. And uh, I'm glad the horrible dog to end all horrible dogs made an impact no, on
2: you. Oh, she was dreamy. She was divoon. Oh my god. She's, I will not like, let you besmirch sm- her. <laughs> no, I
3: w- no, I won't. It's just it's the closest I've ever come to you know, dating a model. I, I live with this <laughs> thing that just shakes and screams and vomits and has emotional issues, but she's so attractive I I don't mind. Hey, Hey, uh, Bruce nope, is calling from go. California. Bruce, welcome. You're on <laughs> SiriusXM with Keith Price. How are you? Hey,
8: how's it going? Hey, not I get to what I was going to talk about, uh, Mitch, Mitch from Ohio, brought up uh, several uh, subjects that I that I'd like to talk about first.
3: Real okay. What is that?
8: First, Dave Mason. I've been a Dave Mason fan forever. My He's great. first date with my wife. We've been married 43 years was uh July 8 1976 Universal Amphitheater before they put the roof on it that was our first date mhm Dave Mason I've seen himself Okay times. very cool and very underrated I think one of the most underrated I think so too. people in rock
3: yeah, I agree I agree he's one of the, he's one, Dave Mason's one of those guys that like all the artists you like love Dave Mason
8: Exactly and yeah. then uh, Jethro Tull my favorite group of all time been a fan since I was 14 <laughs> Right on. Uh, Aquilon is a fantastic album, and it's exactly what you... It's about... It's, it's what you say, you know. It's, it's You know, there's Christians who believe in the teachings of Christ, and then you're, you're phony Christians.
3: They, yeah, there's they, people who know. believe in the teachings of Christ and the people who believe yeah. in the talking snake.
8: <laughs> yes. And then... Uh,
3: <laughs>
2: Work. And
8: he, he talked about Betamax. My, oh, yeah. Uh, my wife's father before... When we started dating, he uh, he won one in in a, in a raffle, so I I'm very familiar with the early days of Betamax.
3: There you go. Today's the anniversary of the first Betamax in '75, Keith. So we're we're honoring all that great yeah. technology.
2: Well, I I I remember having a Betamax at one time too because my oldest brother, when we're telling you about, um, who's like 15 years older than me, um, was in the army. And mm-hmm. he was in stationed in Japan, and he bought a Betamax from Japan and brought it back with him when he came home. And so wow. we had a Betamax yes. before it was like in. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I felt very, very, you know, in the know. Yeah, but do you and still bet- have
3: one? Do you still have a Betamax plugged in in your house with the twelve o'clock flashing? Because Mitch from Kent State still has that in his house. Sadly, and I'm, no. I'm, I'm going to call every hoarding show to go to his house because I'm sure it's much worse. <laughs> yeah, Bruce, you, you wanted you need to talk to let about it. You want to talk about the man who's challenging Ron Johnson to be the dumbest member of the Senate? That would be Tommy Tuberville? Oh, God. yes.
8: Um, he was defending or he has uh, defending white supremacists slash racists in the military. Yep. I don't know if you you heard about that.
3: Yeah, you know, he says, I don't call them white supremacists. He says, I call them Americans. We're losing military so fast. And why? Because the Democrats are attacking our military, saying we need to get out the white extremists, the white nationalists, people that don't believe in our agenda as Joe Biden's agenda. I mean... (sighs) like like in other words by the way, his office already walked it back go ahead Keith
2: it's like he's like all of these people that he's naming all these types of people that he's naming he's like he's upset that they're not being able to walk around with more weapons more that's guns it. and again his, his office came out and like, said they said he was
3: just being skeptical of the notion that there are white nationalists in the military <laughs> not that he believes they should be in the military that that's not what he said Tommy Tuberville said we cannot start putting rules in there for one type, one group, and make different factions uh, in the military. You know what? No. If you're a white supremacist, I don't want you to be you a cop go. or in the military or have guns the state gives you. For God's... It's like when the yeah. Marines banned the Confederate flag last year. I don't know why it took 150 years to say don't keep the flag of an enemy nation that slaughtered U.S. troops. <laughs> but the racists get upset about these things.
2: Well, you know, because that's my heritage. It's like, okay, it's you my come heritage. from a, a group of, you know, people <laughs> you know, conspiratorial losers that you know you (laughs) (laughs) that's what you come from and you're waving proud that literally tried to you know the reason that they fought a war was to keep an entire race of people enslaved like
3: oh no it was states rights keith it was states
2: keith it was states rights that's i had nothing to do with slavery the state's right to keep black people enslaved
3: oh well now That's now you're just they were playing for. semantics sir no now just semantics
2: <laughs> yeah, you know girl, it's, like, it's like how can you find any sense of pride in that whole idea and then expect black people that you're standing around talking to to be okay with the fact that you just want to erase all of that they, conversation they, they, like, they're not trying to find any pride
3: they're, they're not trying to find any pride in it they don't care what black people think i mean literally no. there is no greater way of saying i don't care about the Feelings of black people than waving that flag. I'm sorry, Bruce. I hijacked your comment.
8: Oh no, no. And I called his office this morning, but it went to the recording. Nobody was in yet. But the fight. He had, his message says, "I'm here to. Uh, I'm proud to serve the state of Alabama, and I want to fight for our common values." So I just left a message. I asked him what you know your common uh, <laughs> values is. What sexual assault on women, uh, insurrection. Uh, line defamation. You, uh, I, and then I also then
3: also I, uh, I, also a okay. uh, uh, football injuries to the head. Don't don't leave that one out. It's Tommy Tuberville. Bruce, thank you mm-hmm. so much for calling, Keith. Tomorrow night, I'm going to be at the Westside Comedy Club with Felicia Michaels doing <gasps> Age Against the Machine. How do we follow you? Where are you playing live, and how do we keep up with all your doings?
2: Oh my God! Well, I'm not getting off. I want to come see that show with you guys. This would be fun. I'm working, but I'm there uh, at Comedy Daddy over on the Twitter, keithpricecomic.com for everything else. Check out the podcast. Finally, with the academics, it's going to be fun. We're talking craziness for the the Tonys.
3: You are the best, Keith. Thank you so much for joining us. I also want to thank Brad Meltzer. Pick up his book about Billie Jean King. Thank you, Thea and Chris and Bob Seska. We'll be back tomorrow. This is progress.